morning. Welcome to August. Welcome to a Monday edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. I'm Bruce Hooley. Glad to have you along. It is a beautiful day in central Ohio. I hope it's a beautiful day wherever you are. I hope your outlook is such that it's a beautiful day wherever you are. We're going to talk about gratitude today. A little bit of sports, a little bit of faith, and we're going to do it quickly because I'm excited for Monday, August 2nd. I have the day off work. I get to play golf with my wife in the OSU baseball diamond club golf outing at a golf course I've never played but always wanted to play. So I'm excited. And that's kind of going to be the theme of our podcast today because it intersects sports and it intersects faith. And I hope it'll be encouraging for you. And so let's get into it with a shout out to our friends at Hemisphere Coffee Roasters for their support of the podcast, longstanding. And I just can't say enough about what great people they are, how satisfied all of you have been with Hemisphere's great coffee. And I know that they are very happy to have the repeat customers. They are willing to have you judge them based upon the quality of their coffee. Order once. If you don't like it, you don't have to order again. I laugh because no one's ever said they didn't like it. No one's ever said it's not awesome coffee. And so people continue to order. And I love the fact that I can help introduce you to an awesome company, start your day off with a fantastic cup of coffee, but also support ministry efforts around the world and sustain families, not just in central and west central Ohio, the people who own and run Hemisphere, but people in Nicaragua, Thailand, Ethiopia, um, Indonesia. That's where their coffee comes from and probably other countries I don't know about, but I know that they are furthering ministry efforts and most of all relying on God to bless their efforts as they interact with people around the world. As I've said in a recent podcast, we all have gifts, talents, and abilities that God equips us with to prepare us for a specific mission. And it's pretty cool that Paul and Grace's love of coffee has turned into a business, turned into a livelihood, it's turned into a ministry, and has turned into a support for a podcast here. So when we follow the plan God has for us, we can really uh, share deeply and widely and broadly um, his love and his provision. So order from HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Use the promo code we tackle life in all caps. You'll get your 15% discount, you'll get great coffee, and you'll be doing a great thing. All right. Um, Big news yesterday on the OSU front, Uh, this cornerback who's from Florida, who's their number two recruit uh, for next season because Quinn Ewers is the quarterback out of South Lake Carroll in Texas, who's obviously their number one recruit because he's the number one recruit in the country. Uh, Jaheen, ah, what's Jaheen's last name? I don't know, Jaheen's. I knew it, but I forgot it. Anyway, Jaheen, his first name, decommitted. I know this is, you know, oh my goodness, what's happening? They'll replace him with another star player, and they'll be just fine. And rating is not at all um, a guarantee of success, but of course it helps. So that's fine. Don't worry. The program will survive. Do not fret. There is no trouble in um, Buckeye land. And uh, we stand by to wait for the white smoke from the papal chimney as to whether Quinn Ewers will enroll early at Ohio State or not. We don't know if he will or not, but... Uh, We're waiting to find out. Uh, On the uh, Olympic front, the U.S. women's national team, after I went to bed, the soccer team that I was not rooting for, 
lost to Canada. Their second loss in these Olympics. 3-0 to Sweden, 1-0 to Canada. A big shock, uh, I think, because I think we all thought that the loss to Sweden would wake them up. It did not wake them up. Well, maybe it did wake them up. Maybe they were already awake. And maybe it didn't matter how awake they were. Uh, Canada beat them. The U.S. women's national team cannot, cannot win the gold medal. And so they can win the bronze, but that will be a far cry from what they hope to be able to do. Okay, I'm not heartbroken over this. I'm not even mildly disappointed over this because I do not find the U.S. women's national team to be um, embraceable with my values. And the reason why is because they don't ever express gratitude over, well, let's start a list. The blessings of being elite athletes. The blessings of being able to influence little girls, little boys, adults. They've been given much. They've been given a great platform. They're paid well, but not as well, of course, as they want to be because they complain all the time about what they're paid. And they signed a contract. If you sign a contract, live to the contract. If you didn't like the contract, don't sign it. I quit a job one time because they wanted me to sign a contract saying I would provide X, Y, Z, well, and A and B, five things a day. I knew I couldn't provide five things a day. Um, and so I said, I can't sign this contract. I can't provide five pieces of content for you a day that you want. Don't worry. We don't really require five a day. We just say that so that, you know, guys will produce a lot. You're fine. You're doing a great job. Just sign it and return it. I'm like, no, I can't. My integrity will not allow me to sign a contract that I have no intention of living up to. Because if I sign it, you have every right to hold me to the requirements that I sign my name to. So if you don't like the terms of a contract, don't sign it. They signed it and did nothing but complain about it after they signed it. And so I just, you know, that's something to me. Complaining about pay is crazy. Um, so there are reasons I have for not liking them. Notice I did not mention any of their sexual orientations. We'll get to that in a moment. But that is a personal choice that they make, and it has no impact on me at all. So I could care less what anyone's sexual orientation is. Well, no, I care, I care about one person's sexual orientation, my wife's. That's, who's I, that's whose sexual orientation I care about because I want her to be attracted to me. But um, anyway, I'm getting a bit off track, but we'll get back to that. Trust me. So the U.S. women's national team will not win the gold medal, and that's a disappointing finish for them. Um, so there we are. Okay, um, let me remind you that my attorney firm and your attorney firm should be Willis Spangler Starling because they're fantastic, great integrity, great character, located on Truman Boulevard in Hilliard, just north of Mill Run. See that they're expanding, by the way. They're growing, but not outgrowing their awareness that the most important thing they do is not grow, not expand. It's serve you. Their mission's the same as hemispheres. No, they don't buy coffee. No, they don't interact with growers around the world. They use their talents and abilities to serve others. That's why I say what Willis Spangler Starling does is the same as what Hemisphere does because they sought 
in their life, the things that their gifts and talents pushed them, prompted them toward, and then found a way to have their guiding principles be the service of others. Willis Spangler Starling does it with the law. Hemisphere Coffee Roasters does it with coffee. AUIinfo.com does it with counseling small businesses on wise expenditures and benefits for employees and HR expenses. So that's a great barometer and actually a great way for us to get into the faith portion of the podcast. Yes, it is a short podcast today because, as I said, I'm headed to play golf with my wife and a couple of buddies who I used to go to church with who uh, have since found other churches, and I'm stoked to see them and to be able to spend five, six hours with them. Can you tell I'm excited about Monday, August 2nd? <laughs> I'm super excited about Monday, August 2nd. And that is what I think God wants us to be every day. He wants us to be super excited about every day because he's allowed us to continue to breathe. And if he's allowed us to continue to breathe, if he's not called us home, then he has something for us here to do. And he wants us to do it with excitement, with energy, with commitment, with gratitude. Today's word is gratitude. So I want to talk about why I'm not excited about the Olympics. And it intersects gratitude and it intersects faith, okay? This Olympics seems to me to be the protest Olympics. I know there uh, is a rule that you're not allowed to protest on the medal stand. That prohibition by the Olympic Committee and the uh, Japanese authorities and stuff has not been and will not be um, observed during these Olympics. Now, look, I believe in freedom and I believe in liberty and I believe, you know, you can do whatever you want to do. But I also believe that if the if there are consequences for those decisions, then you'll have to bear the consequences. And some people are fine with that. And I'm fine with that. I have no intention of remasking because I believe putting my faith in a mask to keep me healthy is disrespectful to God, who's graciously given me the antibodies after recovering from COVID. And... <clears throat> I trust the miracle of God equipping me with antibodies over a mask. There might be a day in the future where I get vaccinated if I'm, um, A, told to do so by my family doctor, which as of now I've been told not to do so by my family doctor, and B, uh, if I believe through prayer and uh, seeking God's counsel that he says, yes, do it. Set an example for your family, set an example for your friends, uh, do it. But I don't want to talk about vaccines. I want to talk about gratitude. And as I look at the Olympics, I've been amazed um, how NBC has gone out of its way to further the stories of those who do not have gratitude over what they've been given in life and who are, through their appearance and through their comments, very troubled. Okay. So I saw this woman running last night and as she was running, um, the commentators talked about her <clears throat> finally being able to be her authentic self. Um, she's running for the LGBTQ community. She's chopped her hair off and she has 
colored it many, many colors, rainbow colors, and now she's celebrating her authentic self. Okay. Um, again, her choice, fine. I just looked at her and I thought, she looks so unhappy. She looks like she's searching for something. She looks, and I'm sure she is searching for something. She's uh, targeted uh, advocacy for a certain uh, group as what will give her fulfillment. Um, it won't give her fulfillment any more than a warehouse full of exotic cars gives uh, rich guys, rich women fulfillment or any more than uh, huge yachts and all those kinds of things. They're all nice things. But she does not have an inner approach of gratitude. She does not. It's sad to me that she could achieve and get all the way to the Olympics and not be content, excited, still be searching. And um, that's sad to me. I mean, wow, you're such an elite athlete to get to that level. And you're still searching for something to give your life meaning and purpose. When we And then, then I saw the, the uh, woman last night. Um, the shot putter from the United States of America who um, won the silver medal in the shot put. I would assume this is one of the greatest uh, days of her life, a lifelong ambition to compete in the Olympics, I'm sure. Maybe not lifelong, but a long ambition to compete in the Olympics. And she did great. She got the silver medal. And on the medal stand, after uh, the anthems finished playing, I think a Chinese person won the shot put, but after the Chinese anthem played, this woman from America uh, held her hands over her head and crossed them you know, in an X motion. And so she was interviewed by Lewis Johnson afterward, and Lewis Johnson of NBC asked her, you know, what's up with the crossing of the arms? And she said, uh, I'm doing this for the intersection of oppressed people throughout the world. And he said, okay, who, who are these oppressed people groups? And she said, uh, LGBTQ and black, black Americans or black people. And she named a couple other groups. And I'm watching her and I'm thinking, okay, how oppressed can you be if you are representing your country in the Olympics and you're given the ability to compete and you're not run off the field by uh, authorities placed in handcuffs led away, even though you just violated uh, a clearly stated and often stated Olympic standard. <clears throat> you're a black woman. You're gay. You have purple hair and yellow hair and many other, you know, whatever other colors of hair you have. How persecuted are you? How whatever are you? I mean, I don't think her point had any validity at all. I'm not saying there aren't oppressed people around the world. There are. Um, nobody cries for oppressed Christians. But you're black. You're gay. You're an advocate for LGBTQ, and what, what has been denied you? What? Nothing. Nothing has been denied you. So here's a woman that she doesn't see the glass half full. She sees the glass empty with a hole in it, broken. <laughs> That's what she sees. And it's so sad that people who have achieved so much, and if you achieve much, you've been given much. And what does the Bible say about those to whom much has been given, much is expected. To whom much has been given, much is expected. Jesus said that. I'll take that pretty seriously. Because if he said it, he didn't mince words. He didn't waste words. He wasn't here very long. We only have a very minimal record of what he had to say. 
And so I give great weight to his words. And what all of these uh, folks are searching for is peace. And I can identify with that because I searched for peace for a long time. I've told you guys before, I always was preoccupied with, am I good enough? And the answer is no, (laughs) I was not. And nobody had to tell me that answer. I knew it because only I knew the darkness in my heart, the attitudes that came into my mind, the uh, times I fell short with uh, words, deeds, actions, attitudes that other people may not have known about because maybe I was able to stifle them in the moment or maybe they didn't hear me speaking or they didn't see how I was acting or whatever because you always act a certain way around some people and a certain way around other people. Like I would never have acted around my pastor or around my parents or around my family the way I acted around total strangers. Um, and so, but I knew, I knew all of it. I lived it. Uh, and Satan beats us all up with, you're not good enough. And I've said, there's only one answer to that. You're right. <laughs> I'm not. But Jesus is. Jesus is good enough. He was good enough. He was perfect. He died on the cross for my sins. And when I recognize the sufficiency of Christ's sacrifice on the cross for my sins, and that that converted me, transformed me, is a better word, transformed me into someone that God could see as acceptable in his sight for eternal life, an unbearable weight was lifted off me. And I long for that, for the people I see in my, my world and the people I see on TV, the people I see in Hollywood, the people I see uh, <laughs> responding to me hatefully on Twitter, including, you know, a couple former colleagues, I long for that for them because I, I see so clearly what peace they lack. And, it's, and it, it is painful for me to know how accessible that peace is to them And they're searching for it in earthly things. They'll never find it. They'll never find it in earthly things. No one finds it in earthly things. Those who are duped into thinking they have found it in earthly things are unfortunately going to be so surprised doesn't even begin to equate it at the end of their life when the Bible says all will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And at that moment, we'll all be given perfect clarity into what kind of, how we're being judged, how we're being determined, you know, how our eternal destiny is being determined. Um, One of the things recently that I've heard is that there's no such thing as unbelievers. You know, there are believers in Christ, and there are, people say there are unbelievers. (laughs) The accurate way to state that is there are believers and there are pre-believers, because every knee will bow. Every tongue, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The only question is, do you believe that now, or do you believe that, will will you become a believer after you die, at which point becoming a believer won't do you any good in terms of your eternal destiny? So when I see this woman running with the rainbow hair and I see this shot putter, you know, throwing the shot, uh, believing she's persecuted, what I see is a, is a complete and total lack of gratitude 
for the gifts God has given them. Because if you have an awareness of the gifts God has given you, then you start to say, who am I because of those gifts? We hear a lot today about identity, right? Everybody, it seems, we are in the identity era. We are in the LGBTQ plus, I don't even know all the letters. I lost track after, you know, Q. <laughs> there are, uh, I've heard many, many terms, pansexual, uh, demisexual, <laughs> this, that, and the other. Every, and I've heard, you know, in gender, there's not male and female, there's like 100 genders. And some people say there's 150 genders. So what does that tell you? That tells you everybody is striving to brand themselves with their own unique identity, right? I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. And the, and the truth of that, the, the, the reality of that is, the reason why that's important to everyone is because they want you to know their identity, and they not only want you to know it, that's not enough, you have to approve of it. You have to affirm it. That's what gay pride parades are about. That's what the woman with the purple hair is about. That's what the shot putter with the purple and yellow hair and the crossed arms is about. Their, their, their fondest desire, their uh, most pressing need is not only for them to articulate who they are, it is for you to affirm them in who they are, right? They want your affirmation. You must approve. You must not just recognize. You must approve. That's what this is all about. Everything out there now is about, here's who I am, and you need to approve that. Why do you need to approve that? Why is that important to them? Because your approval is important to them. Your approval is essential to them. They are not at peace with who they are unless you approve of them. That is the whole identity equation. My identity is different. My identity is I am a forgiven sinner. I am forgiven and absolved of my sin by the blood of Christ. I have a lot of other traits about me. My physical traits are I'm, I'm white, I'm male, uh, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a friend, I'm a journalist, oh, a former journalist, I'm a broadcaster, I'm a podcaster. You know, I could go on and on and on and on. I could give a lot of other characteristics. But my identity is not any of that. My identity is a forgiven sinner absolved of my sin by the blood of Christ. And all you got to do is read my Twitter mentions to know that there are a lot of people who <laughs> do not affirm me in that. There are a lot of people who do not affirm me in the content of this podcast, the content of my radio show on 98.9 The Answer. And it's not that I don't care. A lot of times I say I don't care. Um, I care. I'd love to be uh, universally approved and affirmed. That'd be great. Fantastic. Not because that would add any more luster to my identity, not because it would add any more shine or make me feel any better about my identity, because it would, here's the reason why it would, I would prefer that to being not uh, affirmed in my identity as a forgiven sinner absolved of my sin by the blood of Christ. The reason why approval and affirmation of others would matter to me is because it would give me access to them so that 
they could share in my identity. Not to celebrate me, to celebrate the Savior who makes possible, makes a reality the peace I have in my life. That's why their affirmation matters to me. I know my former colleagues who, uh, you know, say things about me that, you know, are not nice. I know that the people in the community who say things about me that are not nice, I know that the people who I used to be friends with as journalists who have told me, all you do all day long is post hate on Twitter. All you do is blah, 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 blah. The friends who, you know, I've asked simple questions about their political beliefs, trying to understand their political beliefs, or I've pressed them on, you know, you say you're a Christian, but you're pro-abortion. How Can you help me understand that? And they get mad and they're, I'm never talking to you again. I mean, of course, I'd much rather have a dialogue with them. I would much rather have access to them. But the fact that I don't does not change at all how at peace I am with the forgiveness I've received through Jesus Christ. And so my identity is, and I don't say this as a matter of superiority, I say it as a matter of advertising the miracle of the forgiveness of Christ. My identity is entirely wrapped up in who God says I am. God says I'm forgiven because of what his son did for me at the cross and my acceptance of that. That's my identity. I would love for other people to celebrate that and affirm that and all that, but not because it would increase my, the, the value of my identity at all. And that's the difference between those who are putting out there their uh, sexual preferences, their whatever other peccadilloes they have, whatever their other characteristics are. They're putting all that out there because they require your approval for them to feel convinced that they're on the right track. I don't need anybody at all to affirm that I'm on the right track because the Word of God says I'm on the right track, and that is all that matters. But so much of people making that transition from needing the approval of others to knowing they have the approval of God knowing their identity is wrapped up in who God says they are because he sent his son to die for you, is they're not grateful, they're not thankful, because they can't see how much God loves them in all the things they've been given. If they could muster thankfulness and gratitude, if they could recognize that God loves them because look at all he's already done for me, and look what else he's done for me that I have not claimed yet, for instance, with Olympians, he's given me great athletic ability. He's given me access to all these people like an influence. He's given me experiences through travel, and he's given me blessings through gear and maybe a free education in college with my scholarship. Look at all God has done for me. They don't see any of it. All they see is that you don't approve of who I am, and that makes me angry. And so I'm going to color my hair, and I'm going to cross my arms, and I'm going to do this and that and the other. And it's so sad to see that because there's so much in the Bible about how gratefulness and thankfulness is the key that unlocks your ability to lift the veil from your eyes and to be so focused on yourself that you can't see what God did for you at the cross by sending Jesus to die for you. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give Thanks in all circumstances, for this 
is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Psalm 118.24, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Psalm 107.1, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And one final series of verses from Psalm 103, pray, verse 1, Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost beings praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. And if you can focus on those things, if you can see those things in your life, if you can understand that that love that's manifested itself in all those ways God has blessed you leads you down a path to where there is one amazing, eternal, cleansing, restorative blessing, then all the opinions of men don't matter to you. If you are striving for the opinions of men, A, you'll never get the universal opinion of men. You'll always be disappointed. Your life will always be empty. You'll always be hungering for other things. And it's so sad when I see that. And so I just wanted to reflect on that as I see so much of it in people who have so much and have been given so much and from whom so much is expected, and they're falling short of those expectations, and they're falling short, most importantly, of the forgiveness that's out there for them in Jesus Christ. So with that, I am off to give thanks all day long for this awesome day that I have in front of me with uh, golf on a beautiful course that God knitted together with the miracles of his landscaping with the companionship of my wife, whom I absolutely adore because of her heart for others, and with two friends who are godly men who are just amazing friends. And today is going to be a great day for me, and I pray today's a great day for you. So with all of that said, have a great Monday. I'll talk to you again Wednesday. Send me an email, wetacklelife at gmail.com. And don't forget to review us on iTunes. Tell your friends to subscribe. That would be very much appreciated. God bless. Recognize who God says you are, because that is all that matters. Talk to you soon.